are gonna be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071, also streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon, happy to be joining you with our rotating panel of experts where every episode we have someone come in and just give you some great information to save you a lot of time and probably a lot of sleepless nights. It's always a lot of information that you're like, oh, I know just enough to be dangerous. And so today, our expert and our good friend from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass. Hello again, Dr. Amy. Good morning. I am very excited because, I mean, from having you on the show, I mean, I learned a lot about how unnecessarily unfun my whole birthing process was. And so it's always good to have you come in and just reframe how that goes, even if this is, you know, whether this is uh, we're talking to a potential mom who was working on maybe their first pregnancy or if this is your second or third or fourth, just knowing that things can be different for everybody that's out there. Absolutely. And I think, you know, on the mom show, it really is an opportunity just to educate women about their options. Right. And what questions to ask. And, you know, I truly support wherever women and people decide to have their babies. Yes. But I really think that it's important to know what your choices are. Right. And what you're choosing. Yes. And so I really hope that that's what we can achieve here is just to open that door and plant the seed and say, oh, maybe there is a different way. Maybe there is another option. And what does that look like? And I think it's always good to have that conversation because a lot of these things count in that when people put air quotes and say, oh, that's different what you want to do or that's not normal and going, no, all of these things are all, as you said, options that we can talk through and being able to come to a position of we are open to providing you with these resources so you can make an informed decision. Absolutely. And I think too, so we were the first birth center to open mm-hmm. 10 years ago. So Congratulations. it's our 10 year anniversary this month. And um, it went by in a blink. <laughs> right. But, you know, um, so this option has been around for quite a while in the Twin Cities for families. Right. And, um, So, and you know, all the research shows and it it proves that freestanding birth centers, so birth centers that are outside the hospital, not labor and delivery units that call themselves birth centers, um, freestanding birth centers are as safe if or safer than delivering in the hospital. And so I think um, for women to know that and, you know, you know, we were listening to the news right before this segment started and you know, even all the clips that you hear in the car and everything is so fear-based these days, right? And so childbirth and maternity care and labor and delivery and having a baby is no different. Right. I really feel like media and stories and all these things have really turned to more fear-based to scare women and help them not, not really think that they're able to do this anymore. Right. And that's just so far from the truth. So I feel like we've done such a huge disservice to women as far as just instilling that idea that you're not strong enough, you're not capable, you can't do this, it's too hard, um, you can only do it if you have pain medication. Mm-hmm. And so 
And then along the process, none of those fears are dispelled because we don't spend time with women in our conventional maternity system. Right. To actually educate them so that fear goes away. It's like we've uh, we just really focus on what makes good TV. And sometimes good TV is all the excitement. It's she's so miserable and she's screaming. And then there's all this urgency. And there might be there's always that point where you're like they need an exclamation point. Well, will the baby be OK? We don't right. go. We don't go to it from a position of. This can be a great experience for the whole family. Like, right. and I wish that, you know, my ex and I had been able to look more into that because it ended up being unnecessarily burdensome, you know, kind of thing. And sitting there and I make from the and I just hear other people's stories that were much more even frustrating than mine, because that's the word I'll use in mine. Mine was only frustrating and made me go, yeah, I'm good. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> sure. It wasn't even bad, you know, by the thing. It was just frustrating. And just to go, you know what, there are ways that we can take care of those things and we can dispel all of those myths. Absolutely. And knowing that 80% of the population is considered low risk. Right. And because the reason that's important is delivering outside the hospital, you need to be considered low risk. So mm-hmm. healthy pre-pregnancy, healthy pregnancy. Because for those women and for those people who are considered more high risk or might need more help or monitoring or medications, absolutely, you it's very appropriate to be in the hospital and that's where we want you to be. Right. But for low risk women where you don't need those interventions, you don't need that extra monitoring, that it's completely appropriate to actually be outside the hospital. And I think it's very important that you're also bringing up the those statistics because that's just in general a lot of the way that they mysticize women's health it seems like like you always just go in sit down lay down for a second they're going to look at you for five minutes and you need to go home sure and going well no wonder you have all these questions you know kind of thing because you don't realize you said you don't even know where to start and it's like these are attached to me i should be open to being able to go is this working the way that it's supposed to be working or i don't quite feel right or who can help me so you know connect all these dots you know and you bring up something that's super valid and that's the fact that you know I think back to even women coming into the clinic for like well women or preconception visits or them coming in and saying, Dr. Amy, I want to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, not like, how do I do that? Of course, we all know how to do that. Right. (laughs) We know the ins and outs-ish. Yes, we got you. Yes. But women don't really understand their cycles or their bodies or, you know, what that looks like. And so... Wow. Right. I mean, right. where where does this get lost? So um, my daughter is um, going into middle school next year. Mm-hmm. And so, th- so they'll be starting all the health classes and whatnot. And what I find, and we did this puberty, puberty class, which I think yes. is that's where actually she's going to be really learn about her body. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, being our daughter, right? <laughs> she will know. But regardless, um, it's not really talked about. Kids really are not for the most part, educated about their bodies in a real frank way. Right. It's okay. That sounds like a taboo subject. And so we don't give them even enough information to understand what's going on with themselves. So we just start really young of being confused. It I seems think like. so. And mm-hmm. I, I just think, gosh, we just really have to have normalize it. Right. You know, one of my friends, we were talking about this actually this week, and she said, well, she has a grade schooler who's kind of like in that first, second grade um, time frame. And she said they had all the parents sign a waiver mm-hmm. that said that um, a health educator could come in and basically have a frank lesson about their body parts. Right. So this is a penis and this is a vulva and this is a vagina. And, right. And I thought, 
That is so great. There's yes. nothing bad about that. Right. It's just teaching. Yes. And normalizing. And it's not. Um, and I just really feel like we need to do more of that. Right. And I think that there should be a non salacious way to give children the resources that they need. We're not talking about we're turning it into something that we're like, oh, this is going to be the story that you talk about when you grow up. We're like, this is my awakening. No, we're right. not talking about that. No. We're talking about a, we're not education. Talking about no, we're talking about a clinical way of going, this is how things should work. So they can even come back and relate to me that there might be an issue or you don't feel, you know, quote unquote, feel good. Right. You know, how do we articulate that version of you don't feel good like we do if you have a stomach ache or right. a headache or any of those things? How do we teach them that it's Another way that you might not feel good and we might need to go and see a professional. Sure. Yeah, I always say, you know, we have to take all of these classes and memorize all of this stuff. But really, the basics of life that we really should be teaching and, and need to know, period. So you got to figure it out somewhere. Right. They're like, how to do your taxes. Right. <laughs> how to be a parent. Exactly. These are just things that we just go, ah, they'll figure it out. Well, but... Like, you can give me a couple of bullet points that might make my life a little easier. Isn't since you've it a been little there. strange? Like we don't need any class or education or anything about parenting. No, anybody can just go out and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, I think that's funny sometimes. But anyway, regardless, childbirth, uh, labor and delivery, pregnancy, all of these things, that education piece is so important. We want to take the fear out of it. Right. It's not something to be fearful or dreadful or has to be horrible or you feel bad. We want you to have a great pregnancy. We want you to have a labor that and a delivery that makes you feel empowered as a woman and as a family and as a unit. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we'll be talking about more today. Well, we <laughs> talked about how a lot of people who are low risk would want to select a freestanding birth center. So we're going to give them some more information on why this might be the right choice for them right throughout the show. Yep, that'll be it. We're also open to your calls. If you have a question for Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass, you can call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon in with our good friend, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics, talking about whether choosing a birth center might be the right thing for you and also taking your questions here on The Mom Show at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. Just to kind of go back to some of the information we had before about normalizing the fact that we even as women don't always know what's going on with our cycles, our bodies, any of those things. And to the point of not even knowing what question to ask, because you're just honestly just living life, you know, kind of thing, just spending oh, yeah. all your time going, well, I made it to work this morning. I managed to put gas in the car. There's groceries in the trunk. Do you honestly think that I have time to go? <laughs> are my innards doing the things that my innards should be doing? And I think that it's really hard just to go, wait, maybe I do need to talk to somebody else about it. And this might be something else about it. And instead of just going, that's my life. I don't sleep well. My hair doesn't feel right. My skin looks bad. We just go, well, that's just it. And you go, no, it doesn't have to be it. There's so many of these things that are part of your women's wellness practices that you could just be better at and make yourself feel better about. Absolutely. And I think, oh, my goodness, it goes to educating. It talks about self-care. It talks about pausing and putting yourself first for a minute. Right. And so I think all of those things are true. I think um, in pregnancy, when people enter into that journey, 
you know, in the beginning, it's really exciting to think about, okay, we've decided maybe that we're going to be trying right. to get pregnant. Exactly. And then, um, and then it happens and then you're on this journey. And, um, but if you need somebody on that journey of pregnancy besides Google mm-hmm. and besides some of these other kind of social media resources to really help give you good information So you feel really prepared for not only labor, not only for the delivery part, but also for the parenting part later on. And so I think, you know, the so in the United States, Mm -hmm. we have the worst maternal mortality rate in all developed countries. You've said that. And I always still find that like an amazing statistic because... You just presume that we're good at everything if we live here. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially with health care. And not only are we the worst with maternal mortality, that means more moms die in the U.S. in childbirth than any other country. Wow. Any other you know developed country. Then on top of that, we spend the most money for maternity care you know, than any other country. Is it because we've just gotten into this system of interventions that there's all these, this cadre of things that you can do versus learning how to self-regulate, practicing those things. Like I remember when my ex-husband and I were um, in the, the throes of pregnancy and we went to our, I, we'll call them our birthing classes. I don't want to call them Lamas because sure. it wasn't really that. Um, but going, even the way that they, it seemed so rushed and the way that they were explaining things to me were not in a way that really made sense and I didn't find helpful. Okay. Yeah. That's so, unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm just like, okay, I don't really get that. And the way that you're describing it isn't really my reality. Yeah. So we're here, but I don't feel any more educated or that I have additional ESER, uh, uh, resources to be quote unquote, better at this, <laughs> you know, it didn't make me feel more secure. It didn't make me feel more, you know, at peace with what was going on. It was just, well, this is something that we're supposed to do is go to this class. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, um, part of it can be the interventions. Mm-hmm. I really do. But, you know, the longer that I've practiced and the more I see this process play out, both out of hospital and in hospital, you know, a big piece of this, too, is listening to women. Okay. Valuing women. I really do believe it comes down to that in one one form or another, because, you know, when we look at the maternal mortality rate in the country and um, a big a a big piece of it, when you see these near miss near misses, which means um, that somebody didn't die. But, uh, you know, these other things happened. Right. But and it was a near miss all the way to maternal mortality. You know, a lot of it is we aren't listening to women when they say that they don't feel like something's right. Right. The other piece is interventions. And so, and how we view our philosophy and, you know, our culture of maternity care um, is very medicalized Mm -hmm. um, in this country. And so, you know, that I do think is a piece of it as well. You know, I always say women come to the birth center and talk to us um, really hoping for, you know, we'll call it a natural birth or a yes. physiologic birth. So really what that means is kind of the least amount of interventions as possible. Right. And that can be, that is very well supported in our freestanding birth center because we are experts in normal and all of its variations. And that sounds funny Yes, to be experts in normal, but <laughs> maternity care providers in the hospital and kind of in our conventional system don't see a lot of normal. Right. 
And so I always say when you're going into the hospital and you say, I want a natural birth or a physiologic birth with as few interventions as possible. That's really difficult because a lot of times those providers, those nurses, those um, they have not seen a lot of normal. So how do they know how to support you? Right. In that hope. Right. And so, you know, there's lots that goes behind that, too. But when I think about it, just really simplistically, I really think you have to be in the setting that knows knows and is familiar and is experts in what you want in order to get the outcome that you want. Right. So when you're making those decisions and you're going, okay, here's why I would want a midwife versus my regular like OBGYN. Right. So what are the what kind of expectations can I see in the differences in that as well? Yeah. So when you see so OBGYNs are really meant for more higher risk pregnancies. Right. You know, they are experts in things like surgeries and gyne surgeries and more of the complications. Mm-hmm. Midwives are really um, more experts in that normal, in that physiologic birth. Yes, they can handle more high risk cases, but I always say let's leave the 80% of normal to midwives. And then when things go outside that range of normal, then that's really appropriate for obese to be taken care of. And that's really the model in other countries as well. Right. Right. It's just not in the U.S. So when we look at Europe, that is the model. You know, most women see a midwife because that's really appropriate. And then if they become higher risk, then they go on to see an OB. So midwives in general spend more time with you. Um, they do more education. Um they answer questions, you know, in labor, they're likely um, to spend more time with you in the room because I always laugh. Everybody spends all of this time finding the provider that they want. Right. And if you're in a group, but you only see that provider, it's really sticky, right? Because you could really be attended by anybody that's in their group. That's one of the things they told me is that there were eight uh, providers in my group at the time and so I met all of them I'm like anyone but these two and of course I got one of the two that I didn't want but what people don't really realize it's not the providers that are with them at the hospital and labor it's the nurses right and I had met none of them (laughs) so they were all great though they were just great and so but it's really the nurses that are taking care of you and they're the ones communicating with the provider and the provider might be stepping in the room but for the most part they show up when you are when the baby's ready to come right so um, so that piece of finding the absolute right provider um, is really sometimes difficult for me. Right. Um, mm-hmm. In a hospital setting. You know, when you come to the birth center, we are a group of four to five midwives. You do actually get to know us all quite well. And you know the nurses because they're the ones that are in the clinic getting to meet you. You show up and you're familiar with this space. And um, so it's much more comfortable and you have that relationship. Right. So we are going to give you some more information on whether a birth center might be the right choice for you. We'll also ask, uh, demystify some of those women's wellness concerns, courtesy of our friend, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grouse from Health Foundation's Birth Center, when we return on The Mom Show. Listen wherever you are, whenever you want, with the MyTalk app. Live streaming and on-demand podcasts right there in your pocket. Download today at mytalk1071.com, keyword app. I can't write one song that's not about you. Can't drink without thinking about you. Is it too late to tell you that? 
Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon in studio with Dr. Amy Johnson Grass from Health Foundation Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. Also taking your calls, you can get a hold of us very easily at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And Dr. Amy, before we get back into talking about uh, the differences between uh, going to a freestanding birth center or being in a hospital uh, for their birthing experience you guys do a lot of really cool things over at uh health foundations just in general for women's wellness like we talked about how earlier you had done those uh those classes for pre-teens and so that was that a mom and daughter one that you most recently did so we um have been hosting powerful puberty classes yes Mm -hmm. um and so those are um Generally, once or twice a year, we're looking at um, bringing actually somebody in to talk to boys too. I would love that personally. Yeah, you know, as a mom with a with a with a young man who is going to be twelve this year, it is kind of one of those like, how do I have this conversation with him? And I'm like, should I just ship this all back off to Dad's house and just say, <laughs> here, go and talk to him about these things? I mean, right. that seems, but I don't think everybody is in that kind of scenario where they do feel comfortable going. Well, we have the proper male to talk to you about these things. So that would be great if you had that. I think so too. And I think, um, I don't know, at least with, so I have a son and a daughter. My Mm -hmm. son is, will be 13 in March. And, um, but we went through this powerful puberty with my daughter. It was just nice for them or for her to hear this stuff from somebody else in a different way. Fair with, enough. With other mm-hmm. peers. Yes. Right? To really normalize it versus mom. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me about that. It's so embarrassing, mom. Right? right? And mm-hmm. I just get these little snippets in here and there, especially Isla, our daughter, as much I feel like more open to hearing. Yes. You know that and having that conversation um, where our son, it's more snippets, right? Yes. Mom. <laughs> right. Because it just doesn't feel right. Exactly. I understand that. You know, like, oh, I haven't done my job. If you think this is embarrassing, (laughs) we didn't start this early enough. But I think that that's just the, you know, it's not always what we do as parents. It's what the community and the society does as well. So no matter how much you try to normalize it, if the rest of their their mini universe isn't, that's got to be really difficult. And I think that that's very uh you know, you know, that's a systematic parenting thing that we have to Absolutely. deal with. So like, how do we make sure our kid is taken care of, but they're also not relaying information to other kids who aren't prepared? And I'm like, that's yeah. difficult. It's that is a difficult, difficult to go. I want you to be a good human being. But how do I provide that <laughs> resource to you? So that it doesn't come out diagonal. It's a lot of math. I agree with you, Dr. Amy. It is always a challenge. But you're right. That community piece, you know, Isla took the class or we did with 10 other friends Mm -hmm. and um, it really normalized it. So when they talked about all of these things like periods and bras and then it's not only all of her friends that I've gotten that same message and they all were able to talk about it really openly and freely in a really safe space. But then they knew all the moms they could talk to, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So some of the moms work at our school and they know if for some reason they get their period for the first time at school, that they can go to this mom and there's a resource that'll help. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so I think that made it just normalize and feel real safe. Right. So we do. Yes, we do lots of classes. We also have, you know, open to the public every week. We have a parent group on Thursdays. Um, We have what's called Mama's Milk Hour. So our lactation consultant is there on Thursdays as well um, to answer some real basic questions. You can practice breastfeeding in public in a real 
safe setting. Right. Um, be around other women and parents. It's really nice, especially in the winter, to get out of the house. Agree. Yeah, <laughs> and talk to other adults. Yes, because you're like, uh-huh. we have been hunkered down here hibernating for two weeks. What else can we do? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so even just to hang out at the birth center for a little bit and our parent groups, we bring in speakers that people most generally are interested in. And so it's nice because you get some good information, but you get some just hangout time too. Right. Which I think it's always good because no matter what scenario you're in as a parent, it does get sometimes kind of isolating because you spend so much time hunkered down with your family. I oh, yeah. You know, and especially in a lot of scenarios, it's not all what you see on TV where it's like very easy to have a play date or we're all in those early childhood education classes together. <laughs> That's just not how it always works. So right. sometimes it's like, well, where can I go hang out with other other human beings other yeah. than the little human being that I created? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. So these are those kind of spaces for that. Um, and then, you know, as you mentioned earlier, we do full well person care. So um, whether it is PAPS, gyne exams, breast exams, contraception, but we also do all of the well person care as far as if you're just not feeling right, if you need um, to go in for your mammogram or whatever that may be, you know, you can always come and chat with us. Our appointments are longer because we do like to build that relationship. We like to have those conversations and see if there's other things that are going on that are contributing to why you're actually coming to see us. So right. it's kind of like not just putting that Band-Aid on. We're really trying to see the bigger picture. Right. And so it's always a matter of, as we started the show, saying being in a scenario where you feel like it's OK to answer, to ask those questions and to get yeah. information. And that's a lot of what we've been relaying today is just information on what the difference is are through the experience you might get if you have a quote-unquote freestanding birth center Uh uh, normal experience or if you go to a hospital and there's reasons to go to each yes and so we're just kind of like spelling out some of those reasons why a freestanding birth center might be the right choice for you so that timing piece you know our appointments are about 30 to 60 minutes for um, people's prenatals so that's the visit you come see us for in your pregnancy um that compares to about seven to 12 minutes in our conventional system. Right. And so we know from research that it generally takes 10 to 12 minutes for somebody in a room to be comfortable enough to even start talking about the things that are on their mind or that are worrying them or right. concerning them. And so when you look at our conventional system, and this is just true for healthcare, period. Right. But particularly today, we're talking about pregnancy. If a provider is in a room for seven minutes, you haven't even had the opportunity to really take a breath and even start to have that comfortability right? to open up to say what's really on your mind. And so I think it's a little interesting. You know, the other piece that we see a lot of are postpartum or, or perinatal mood disorders. So depression, anxiety, um, anger, all of these things that sometimes I hear on the news or all these things that it's a wonder why we aren't um, identifying these things. Right. Well, one, a lot of providers aren't asking we're getting better Mm because it's been so publicized. We're actually getting better. So our country's doing better with that. But if you're not asking and you're not spending the time with women to give them the opportunity to show themselves. Right. That's a huge piece of the puzzle, right? I really believe a lot of what comes down to is really building relationship in healthcare. Because when you have a relationship with your provider, you're more comfortable to talking with them. More time is spent, so more is revealed. So then um, 
that bigger picture is seen and things are, I think, are really less missed, honestly. Right. And one of the things I remember is them telling me, make sure that you have your list ready, like write down all your questions uh, so that I would be prepared to rapid fire all of the concerns that I had. But I remember I'm talking to a friend who's uh, in the middle stages of pregnancy right now, say somewhere in that, that middle part. And she's at that point where she's talking about that. Uh, pregnancy brain that we talk about yes, that particular thing where you just get right <laughs> and so I said well first of all I don't want to lie to you it doesn't get better because after you have the kid now you're keeping track of their schedule so you still end up having to figure out ways and lists and I said but I just remember being so fuzzy at the time that it's hard to even get to the question right away because it takes you time to remember <laughs> what it was sure. that you wanted to ask. So if yeah. I only have to be that efficient, you know, I see producer Sonny laughing too. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> Where you're like, wait a minute, you expected me to remember all of that right away? I barely uh-huh. remembered how to get here. You're lucky I didn't fall asleep in the parking lot. I'm here. I'm <laughs> <What>? here. <laughs> now what? That's the and biggest then, win today. And then you get back in the car and you're like, oh Shoot. no, right. I have been thinking about this for two weeks and I just remembered and it's too late. Exactly. So, you know, being able to work that into the process so that there is a resource there to help my pregnancy brain remember (laughs) that I had a concern. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's super helpful. (laughs) Other fun things. So things that you might want to be at a freestanding birth center versus a hospital is if you want a water birth. Let's talk about something fun. So water birth is you can either. So we have these huge uh, labor pools that you can either labor in. So you don't necessarily have to have baby in or you can deliver in. Mm -hmm. And um, water is really nice for labor because you are more. It's easier to move around because you're buoyant. Right. Right. So on land. You have this big belly, extra weight moving around. When you get in the water, if you want to be on hands and knees or flip around or whatever that is, it's much easier to move. That water, the warmth, really helps. We call it the midwife's epidural. Okay. So it can, it doesn't get rid of the contractions, but it helps. Uh, sometimes women manage them a little bit better. Right. And so that can be really nice. Um But, you know, water birth, we are very well versed. So about 50 to 60 percent of our women are in water for at least part or at least part or to deliver. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's a really nice transition for babies, too. I get this question a lot. Well, don't don't babies drown if they're in the tubs when they deliver? And I was like, no, because babies go from when they're inside mom's belly, they're in a water environment. They're in this water balloon almost. Right. Right. And then when they um, are delivered and they come out, it's going from one water environment to another water environment. And so they don't take their first breath until they hit the air. Gotcha. So there's Mm -hmm. not a concern necessarily for that. Right. But um, so that would be a really great reason um, to just... Those nice big toes. Right. So you can go someplace, you can hang out there, and you don't have to worry about what I was going to do because my ex-husband isn't a plumber. I'm like, can't you just build us one of those? I'd like to do that. He's like, we are not doing that in the house. Go do that someplace else. And just a regular bathtub doesn't cut it. It's not deep enough. No. You really need a tub that's really deep that you're able to squat in, lay back in, be on hands and knees so that you're fully immersed to get that experience. Well, when we return, we're going to have some more information on whether having your birthing experience at a freestanding birth center is right for you. We'll also give you some more tips and tricks, courtesy of our friend Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. We'll be right back on The Mom Show on My Talk 107.1. 
Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon, Dr. Amy Johnson Grass from Health Foundations Birth Center 